0: this is Haley Beebe, the CarbLine Color Admin. Welcome to the CarbLine Tech Service Podcast, the go-to Industrial Coatings Podcast. Here are your hosts, Jack Walker and Paula James.
1: The thing that we're gonna talk about today is set up on a pretty regular phone call that we get in technical service. So we brought in the pump whisperer himself. Mr. Dan Barabal to help us talk about this. And, And Dan, how's it going over there?
2: It's all good. Let's spray away. All right.
1: Let's go. What we want to talk about today is some common, I don't want to say terminology as far as pumps, but it is not all too uncommon for us to get a phone call that is somebody having problems spraying a material. And they will
0: bring up that they have the proper pressure as outlined on the product data sheet. What we're looking to do in today's episode is give you the information to understand the differences between what the pressure means, where your gallon per minute ratings come from, and what the ratios are, the tip sizes, your hose sizes, and how all of those have to come together to really be able to answer this question. Now, we're only going to touch, I mean, talk about the tip of the iceberg.
1: Yeah, this is like the 10,000 foot view for
0: sure. Yeah, we're looking at the tip of the iceberg from 10,000 feet.
1: Correct. We want you to understand that it's not just pressure, that every, well, it is pressure, but all of the other factors involved have a major effect on these pressures. One of the most common misconceptions that we can get out of the way right before we even start and explain why all these other things are important is the materials that you deal with in the industrial paint world are significantly thicker than any of the other paint materials used throughout the world. So you're typically dealing with materials that have significantly higher viscosities. That creates a challenge where pressure alone
0: doesn't fix the problem. Before we get even too deep into this... I do want to mention, we're not really going to get into how to diagnose problems and fix problems. But this is going to get us into, here's how your pump is configured for what you're going to use it for. Not how to fix it if it's wrong.
1: And why. There are about five major factors that we look for when we talk about a pump recommendation and setup. We are going to talk about the required PSI the required fluid to air ratio, the required hose sizes, the required gallons per minute, and the required tip sizes and how each one of those has a major effect on your ability to spray industrial coatings. First, let's go ahead. PSI, ratio, and gallons per minute all are kind of related. So we're gonna have a quick conversation about those three factors and how they relate to each other. PSI is pounds per square inch. Typically for most industrial coatings, you're going to be in the thousands of PSI for spraying. Why that is important is you need that high pressure in order to move the thicker materials. Why PSI ratio and gallons per minute are all related is is we really should get into the pump ratio. Dan, do you want to take a second and kind of explain what i'm talking about when i say pump ratio
2: sure jay so when you talk about pump ratio that is the factor of you know size or area of which the air motor encompasses versus the ratio in surface area of your pump lower unit okay so and what dan just pointed
0: out there is something very important to understand too is sometimes we'll talk about it just being your pump needs to be a size talk about your pump get your pump you know what's but really, when we say pump, we are talking about two distinct parts. We have the motor, which is that big bell-shaped housing that sits up on top of, you know, the middle of the pump. That's where all the weight is. It's sitting way up high. With the, with, that is the part that usually has the bigger compression ratio on it. When we look at that, that's the part we're talking about that has the motor piston that we use to push the paint. The other part we have is the lower unit which is typically the smaller number when we talk about the ratios. And that's a direct correlation in size. So when we talk about a 45
1: to 1, that motor piston is 45 times
0: larger than the fluid pump piston, that lower unit. That's right. And that's how we generate the pressure. So as Dan was saying, when we're looking at that ratio, that's what's the most important to determine... How much paint we can move with how much pressure?
2: So commonly, when somebody calls in, we we base our you know recommendation as far as what size airless spray pump to use. That's based on you know the compressed air feed to the airless spray pump being basically 100 psi. And, okay, and then from there we base the ratio again of the air motor to the pump lower you know, basically is what we call the air motor to pump lower ratio. And that could be 10 to 1, 30 to 1, 45 to 1, 60 to 1, even 75 to 1 ratio. Sure. And think
1: about this. Commonly in plural systems, when you have a transfer pump that moves materials from the uh, drums to the, the actual plural component unit, or you have a solvent flush pump, A lot of times with those pumps, they're gonna be a lot smaller ratios because you don't need the pressures to just move material from a drum into the, the unit. What you need high pressures for is to actually atomize that material. So when you see fluid to air pressure ratios of one to one, five to one, Those are gonna be smaller pumps. We're usually, when we're talking about spraying the coating, we're usually in 30 to one, 45 to one, 60 to one, 70 to one, those those type ratios. Now, why that's important is the bigger units, what's important to tie to that is you can have a 70 to one pump, but still have a low gallons per minute. And I want everybody to think about getting a milkshake. So you got your thick milkshake, how did I know we weren't going to get away from a milkshake today? I know. If you have a small straw, like, you know, most, most places when you go through the drive-thru and get a milkshake, they give you the standard straw that you use for a soda. That's right. And notice you usually have to wait for that shake to melt a little bit before you can even get some out of there because the viscosity of the shake is so high that it's really hard to get that shake through a small, tiny... Straw. Some places, I think we decided it was McDonald's gives you that big that big square spoon straw. But you can usually drink that shake right away because it doesn't require as much power to get that shake through the cup
0: and 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 through that bigger straw. So we we are as the as the person we're sucking with the same amount of power. Yeah. And sometimes you get it in when you use the great big straw, and sometimes. You just sit there and you never get anything to go through the straw when you've got those little ones and you just got to wait. You've got to wait for the viscosity to change, which kind of leads us into our next thing. The easiest way to change the viscosity of coatings, temperature. temperature. Mm-hmm. Things when they're cold, like a milkshake, yep. have a higher
1: viscosity. Viscosity de- decreases as you increase temperature. So one of the tricks that you can do, I know that we're going to do it later, a diff- whole different episode when we're talking about... Uh, pump spray. But material temperature is a huge factor when it comes to the viscosity of the material. If your material's really cold, it's going to require that much bigger of a pump to move it. That fluid to air ratio in your lower unit is going to have to be bigger to move that colder material.
0: That's why you'll see in a lot of cases, most manufacturers have a standard statement on their product data sheets that say, our 100% solids materials, we do not recommend thinning. And the most common thing that that most people think about, well, if the stuff's too thick, let me thin it down. Well, when we're talking about 100 solids material, we say don't add thinner. So how are you going to make that adjustment? You warm it up, which is why when you look at application guides and product data sheets, they're going to give you temperature ranges to use the material at because at those temperatures is the easiest to move that material.
1: So it's important to realize that when we talk about being able to spray these materials, that PSI isn't the only number. You almost want to think about it as a pyramid. You know, your PSI is the big number. But... In conjunction with that, your fluid to air ratio and your gallons per minute have a huge effect on whether or not you're going to move the heavier materials.
0: Right. And when we're talking about that bigger straw with the gallons per minute, a lot of times what we look at is you can use smaller, lower units when you're doing things like, you know, latex paints or varnishes or or thin urethanes, you can use those smaller, lower units. But when you get into these heavily glass flake filled or ceramic filled or Anything with the bigger particles, you need a bigger orifice for that to go through. And if it's too small, you're going to choke your pump out and not be able to get the flow that you want.
1: All right, guys, for a long time, we've been asked, what's the next step? Where, where are we going next after the Carboline Tech Service podcast? So I left Paul behind. Stole some of his guys, and we created a whole new thing. <laughs> it's called The Solution Spot. It's the new blog brought to you by Carboline. It's uh, got videos, got
0: this podcast, got some really good articles. It really does. It's got articles. Of, some of them are written by the guys in tech service. Some of them are written by some people in the field. And it's a great vision of how to get additional information. The videos, some of the videos Jack and I created, some of them we've had other groups create them. And it's, they're all gathered into one spot. They're easy to find, easy to go through. Easily searchable.
1: Yes. Yes. So if you want to find a list of podcasts and you want to find topics and you want to search it, the solution spot is your answer. So if you go to carbaline.com and then at the top, there's a little button that says blog. It's right next to news and events. Click on that. when you go there, you have this whole information hub. And that's why we couldn't just call it the blog. It has got all of our podcasts. So if you want to know, hey, when did they talk about water tanks? Put it in, search it, and it brings up the relevant episodes, articles, and videos. It's www.carverline.com and the solution spot. And along the lines of the straw, we're going to make a recommendation as a material manufacturer that you have a certain hose size depending on your materials. And Dan, uh, you want to take a minute and talk a little bit about hose size and how it reflects pressure drops and abilities to move material.
2: So indeed, yes. So... Besides the pump's air motor to lower unit ratio, which will determine what type of fluid spray pressures you can develop, you know, based on 100 PSI uh, compressed air feed to an airless pump's air motor. The straw analogy is spot on when it comes to fluid uh, spray pressure requirements, depending on the viscosity in the solids by volume content and the amount of additives or fillers that a coating has so indeed if you've got very low water thin viscosity type varnishes lacquers uh clear coats you can get by with developing very uh good spray patterns with fairly low pressure settings through quarter inch diameter hose but if you tried a hundred percent solids mica and glass flake filled uh epoxy through a quarter inch hose even if you you dump you know twenty five hundred to four thousand psi pressures you may not end up with a proper spray pattern through you know an airless spray tip with only a quarter inch hose and that has to become come down to what your fluid pressure transfer from your pump to your spray gun is dependent upon, again, the pump's delivery uh, as far as gallons per minute. The We talked about viscosity of the material. And we also have to take into account the fluid hose diameter and fluid hose lengths if you're going to use a certain spray tip. So if you're, again, if you're looking at, uh, for example, with, say, using a 17 to a 19 thousandths tip to spray our, you know, standard 75% solids epoxy, take into account that the fluid pressure drop through a 50-foot, quarter-inch hose could be in the neighborhood of 160 PSI from start from the pump to the gun. And that's just 50 feet. That's just 50 feet. Well, jump up to a 3 8 inch diameter fluid hose using that same 19 tip your fluid pressure drop from pump to gun is almost one third of that only 57 pounds
1: and that's an important thing to, to think about and, and everybody think about this in a surface area to volume ratio and a quarter inch hose just doesn't hold as much material as a 3a hose and therefore you have more material in contact with the material and you know i don't want to get a darcy's law or anything oh. <laughs> but the <laughs> bigger the hose the less friction you have and the less pressure loss that you have throughout that hose
0: and it really is amazing to look at we've got a chart that shows, you know, just in the difference between a 15 one-thousandths tip and a 27 one-thousandths tip, the fact that the pressure loss in a hose is half as you change the size tip.
1: That was something that was really amazing to me and I didn't know we were there yet, but with a, yeah, a 27 size tip versus a 15 size tip, pressure drop is is double with the bigger hose because you're just letting out that much more material. But Keep in mind that we're talking about the difference between because we haven't gotten to tip sizes yet, so I guess we just naturally go there. But yeah, we're gonna have to go there. But the uh, 27 tip is a 0. 0.027 inch. That's the orifice size. A 15 tip is a 0. 0.015 inch. So in 0. 0.012 inches, you double
0: the loss. Yeah, of pressure. Yep. That's that's minuscule. Right right and we're talking this is just a this is a 50 foot hose and you know a quarter inch hose or and a three-eighths inch hose is a much lower number but it's still the same ratio you're still losing about double the amount with that difference in tip size so real quick with tips so like i
1: said when you see a tip you usually get a three-digit number 515 627 and what does that actually mean so those second two numbers are the orifice size, and that's in inches. Or, you know, A 627 tip is a 0.027 orifice size. Yeah, so we're talking about 27 thousandths of an inch. So that first number is related to the fan pattern size. So if it's a 5, you double it, and it's a 10-inch fan pattern.
2: One foot distance from your target. Correct. A number 5 spray tip fan size gives you a 10-inch wide pattern, or, or top to bottom. Yep. yep.
0: And that is one way that you can check to see if your tip is still... In good shape, is you can hold your gun back at a foot off of it, pull the trigger for a quick snap, and see how wide your fan pattern is. If a 5-whatever tip has a has a you know 7-inch fan pattern, that means your tip's not right. You've or blown your tip you're out. too close. Well, yeah. yeah. But that change in size of your pattern is really a good indicator as to whether or not your tip is blown out. Well, because we, we also read
1: in research for this is that a well, worn out tip could give you an extra gallon of loss per every five hundred square feet. You're gonna shoot an extra gallon of material
0: with a worn out tip. Yeah, so when you have when you have a, a painter who's who's wondering why he has to buy more paint that he ran out with, an easy thing to check is the quality of the tip. You know, if they're using a blown out tip, it's going to decrease their efficiency
1: and i think one thing that i hope everybody picked up when we talked about this that there is a pressure loss depending on how far you go and we talked about it with just 50 feet you could lose up to 160 or even more psi depending on what size your tip is and what size your hose is so why is that important why does that all mean anything well the goal here is to atomize the paint in a good nice fan pattern if you are struggling to get that fan pattern, these are the things that you need to make sure that you are in compliance with in order to get the good atomization.
0: Now, one of the other things I want to point out before we lose the hose part: make sure that your hose is rated for the maximum pressure of your pump. That's a the
1: big safety tip.
0: Big safety, and you don't want to come in using a 3,000 psi pump or a 3,000 psi hose on a 75 to 1 pump, which is going to generate possibly seven thousand five hundred psi of pressure you are going to blow that hose and a high pressure hose rupture is nobody's best friend so that could be an entire
1: episode to itself yep so that's the important thing to remember is that if you are having trouble getting atomization of your pump these are the different factors that you need to start going with the easiest thing to do first is to tip down and get a smaller tip size the next easiest thing to do is get a bigger hose yep Vice versa, so on, so on, so on. If you are looking at pump selection and you know that your product requires 4,000 PSI, but your pump is going to be hundreds of feet away from where you actually get to work, even though it says you can use a 45 to 1 on the product data sheet, you probably need to be looking at the, the bigger guy, the 70 to 1, because of the pressure loss. Because in order to atomize, that pressure isn't the pressure at the pump. It's yeah, the pressure, at the about pressure at the tip. Going vertical affects that. But there are so many different things. And I think we're going to continue this on in a different episode to talk about some more diagnosis problems because atomizing pain is one of the biggest challenges that you will face in the industrial coatings world. And there's a lot of information there. In fact, this is going to be one of our longest podcasts in a while, just yeah. trying yep. to deal with our. The basics.
0: And if you're looking for more information before we get back around to it, SSPC has a great couple of classes where they have their train the painter and their coding application specialist courses. The pump manufacturers have training courses. I know some of the research we found was at Graco's website.
1: Graco well, has excellent training courses. Yep. So,
0: yeah, so just do a little bit of looking around if you need more information before we get back to it. And, and a lot of these are places where we're getting our information from too.
1: All right. Well, thanks again for listening, Dan. Thanks for coming in. All right, well, we'll see you next Monday.